0: I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on 5th and Mission, public health officials under fire during the pandemic. In the Bay Area and across the country, anxiety and in some cases anger over local social distancing rules has led some county health officers to face protests, intimidation, and even threats. Staff writer Carolyn Saeed is here. She's going to talk about why this is happening and what it means. Carolyn, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I want to start with Dr. Erica Pan, who you write about in your story. She's the Alameda County Health Officer. She's in charge of public health in Alameda County, but she's been having a tough time as she enforces these orders.
1: That's right. Dr. Pan has faced all kinds of threats and intimidation. There are lawn signs out there with her photograph on them that say, um, a blank, blank hole, MD, say, financially destroyed families and businesses. She's getting a lot of vitriol on social media. Um, she There have been threats to come to her office or her house, which have not yet materialized. Um, but, but she's among the many health officers who suddenly are in the crosshairs of, of people who deeply resent some of the measures that they're taking to combat the spread of the coronavirus.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know whether we should be surprised or not. That's one of the things I was sort of trying to get a handle on when I was reading your story, because as we reported in the beginning of this pandemic, it was the health officers who got together in the Bay Area and made this decision jointly. Right.
1: Right. You know, health officers, ordinarily, nobody knows who they are. They're like low profiles, anonymous civil servants in the background. They're always doctors. They're appointed by the county boards of supervisors. And usually they're working on stuff like anti-smoking. And, you know, maybe they might be doing contact tracing on diseases like measles. But in extraordinary times, when there is an emergency, they have extraordinary powers. They have the power to change everyday life for everybody. And that is absolutely actually what they did in early, in mid-March, when they issued the shelter-in-place orders and closed down so many businesses and told people to stay home.
0: Yeah, I hadn't heard of Dr. Erica Penn. I don't know. Perhaps you had.
1: And I hadn't heard of any. I'd heard of the San Francisco health officer, but no, I sure. probably couldn't have named any of them before this came up. So, Yeah. But but then suddenly they're the ones who are on their front lines. They're the equivalents of Dr. Fauci, but at the county level. And suddenly they're the ones out there every day next to the mayors and and governor and so forth saying this is what we need to do. And they're the ones whose signatures are on these orders that have transformed everyday life for so many people.
0: Okay, so what kinds of ways are we seeing them be scrutinized, targeted? And it's not just Alameda County, right? It's happening in the Bay Area and beyond.
1: That's right. It's happening nationwide. Nationwide, actually, dozens of health officers, including four state health officers have stepped down. Sometimes that could be they had a planned retirement, but, but sometimes it's because the intimidation, um, is, is just too much. I mean, the health officers understand and expect that people might have some pushback, that people are unhappy, and they, you know, say, it's fine. If you want to write me a courteous email, you know, and express your opinions. That's one thing. But what's happening is the protesters are making it personal by going to their homes, by actually issuing death threats. In both LA and Orange County, there have been death threats against the county health officer. Um, in here in Santa Clara County, Dr. Sarah Cody, the health officer, has 24-7 protection. They haven't come out and said exactly why, but you have to assume that there were also some serious threats made against her person.
0: Yeah, I mean, I imagine that some of them just didn't feel like they had signed up for this when they took the job. It's it's not as political a job as, as like a mayor, a governor.
1: Right. They're not elected. They're appointed and they're doctors. And often they also have masters in public health because their job is to safeguard the public health. That's what they're thinking of. As Dr. Pan put it, her patient is the whole county. So she has to balance the needs of the whole county in deciding what to do. I should also say, as a side note, that Dr. Pan herself is leaving the county. She is going, she has accepted a role as the state epidemiologist and will start in a couple of weeks. But she said the harassment was not the reason she's leaving that role. And in fact, in her new role, she will still be the public face of many of these health orders and could still be subject to this kind of um, strident pushback.
0: Yeah, I have to tell you that in my neighborhood, I think that everyone knows now the name of the health officer and I I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it.
1: Well, they become famous. Like Dr. Fauci is, you know, on the list to be people's sexiest man alive, but he's also, he has to have 24 seven security guards too, because his life is threatened because of the power that he has.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to ask you about social media. You, you'd mentioned posts that the, some of the health officers are being trolled online Um, And Facebook has actually uh, responded and removed a few videos. Obviously, Facebook's been in the news. What happened there and why did they remove them?
1: Right. That is actually a pretty extraordinary step for Facebook to take because they, you know, try not to get too heavily in the business of censorship. They took down three videos from a group called Freedom Angels, which is um, a group that grew out of the anti-vaccination movement. In fact, the anti-vaccination movement is very um, prominent in this anti-virus orders movement, too. They're providing a lot of the support and muscle and organizing power. So this group had protests outside many county health officers' homes, and Facebook took down three of those, including one outside the Contra Costa health officer's home. And Facebook said the reason was that if somebody is the target of a public protest, they don't want any personally identifiable information out there about them. So I I think I I did see the Contra Costa video before it was taken down. And I don't recall specifically, but I think they might have even mentioned his address or you could see the street number and the street sign. So Facebook, I think, took those down because other people could look at those and figure out where these folks lived and then go to their homes, too.
0: I see. All right, Carolyn, I want to take a break. When we come back more with Carolyn Saeed about health officers being under fire during the pandemic. I want to ask you about where President Trump fits in this, and I also want to ask you about your conversation with some of the folks that have actually targeted health officers. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bolwa, and I'm joined by staff writer Carolyn Saeed. We're talking about how public health officers who have a lot of power over these shelter-in-place orders Have been targeted and in some cases even intimidated or threatened. Carolyn, I want to ask you about powerful voices like President Trump and their role in health officers being so scrutinized.
1: Well, you could say that some of this comes from the top. I I spoke with both uh, Dr. Thomas Aragon and Dr. Grant Colfax, who are the San Francisco health officer and public health director, respectively. And they themselves pointed to President Trump and the tone he is setting from the White House of disrespect to scientists and of that harassment and mockery and even sometimes failed, sometimes not even veiled threats are okay. So I I think you could make a case that civil discourse in this country has gone downhill in some respects be because of that tone being set. And we also see it from business leaders, Elon Musk, the CEO of Tesla, has butted heads pretty heavily in Alameda County because he didn't want to close down his factory. When the shelter-in-place order started, he didn't want to close it down. And then a few weeks later, he decided to open it up before Alameda County had cleared businesses to open up. And he himself um, posted some fairly nasty things about the health officer on Twitter. And I think that inspired some of his fans to follow suit and, and do more trilling.
0: And you mentioned the tone, but also Elon Musk, the president, They've generally uh had messages out there that that question the science that say, you know, liberate this state. Let's open it up. What are we doing here? The the costs of staying closed are, are worse. And really pounding that drum, even though the health officers are doing what they consider to be sort of a non- nonpartisan role in trying to protect people.
1: They consider it nonpartisan, but it has become partisan. I mean, I think many people view this as kind of an America first thing as, you know, I saw late night comics say, you know, the people who hate masks. So when they get operated on, are they going to tell the doctor, you know, don't wear a mask and just stick your naked bare hand into my wound. (laughs) Um, It's become a kind of thing of, you know, people who resent the nanny state um, also resent these kind of orders. And and then I do want to make it, I, I, I do want to make it clear that, Everybody who resents these orders is not some kind of nut job threatening people. I heard from some thoughtful people who said, hey, you know, your article made it seem like everybody who doesn't like the shelter in place orders or thinks that they have overreached reached um, with some of them is, you know, a crazy person threatening people. Some people legitimately, there, there are a lot of legitimate concerns. I mean, these health orders themselves are causing economic devastation for millions of people. And that itself can lead to some health outcomes like, you know, malnutrition, depression, suicide, spousal abuse. So so there are legitimate reasons for people to want to push back. And again, the health officers and others have said they welcome constructive criticism, you know, emails, write to your elected officials, speak up at, at... meetings of um, elected officials, which I guess now are mainly happening on Zoom, it's just when it crosses that line into actual threats and intimidation that that is a problem.
0: Yeah, everything has become political, but I think it's sort of up to people's own view of whether they think that this kind of pressure on, on on these public health officers is good or bad. I mean, I think one argument you could make is that these people should be making these decisions free of this level uh, of of scrutiny and and even intimidation. Um, on the other hand, you know they they know that there there's big decisions. They they certainly can't take them lightly.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, again, they're trying to make the best decision for the public health, and they are weighing. I, I talked about this with several of the health authors, officers. They are weighing the fact that shutdowns themselves can cause public health problems you know like depression suicide malnutrition those you know those are issues i mean the probably the safest thing might be for the whole country to shut down until we have a vaccine but that's not going to happen because that level of economic damage would just be so devastating that we could not sustain it
0: yeah but they do factor that in last question um you spoke to people who have targeted the public health officers and have tried to bring pressure to bear What did they say?
1: So I I talked to a mom from Orange County who's been very active in the anti-vaccination movement, which, as I said, has played a big role in organizing these protests. And she said some things that were reasonable and some things that were less reasonable. She said, well, people might think it's intimidating for us to go to their homes, but they're going to send an army of contact tracers to our homes. So contact tracing is this public health measure that involves contacting people who have contracted the virus and saying, who have you been in contact with in the last two weeks? And then contacting those people to let them know they've been exposed. It generally happens over the phone, not by not by going in person, although it could sometimes happen by going in person. It is totally voluntary. It's not that different than like a census taker. On this group's website, they have a whole video that talks in totally falsely about their belief that contact tracing involves removing children from their parents' homes forcibly. So they have, you know, really bogus claims out there. This woman also was concerned. She said she has children who have sensory processing issues and um, panic disorders, and it's difficult for them to wear a mask. She can get a doctor's note for them, but then they have to expose their whole medical um, background when they go out in public. So that, that was her concern. She portrayed these um, protests as a very benign thing because they have children there and they respect the public right of way and they did chalk drawings. But on the videos that I reviewed of the protests, they do say some pretty incendiary things. And, you know, says things like, we're going to just keep coming back. You're in our crosshairs, you know, kind of like the, we know you're where you live type thing that, you know, if that happened outside my house, I'd be frightened, so.
0: Yeah, and it goes beyond uh, at, at times good faith arguments about you know disagreeing with the position if it gets into conspiracy theories or you know arguments that, that simply aren't true.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and the, the the anti-vax movement has sort of partnered with the COVID conspiracy movement. You know, those are sort of the two main thrusts here of people who think you know it's a hoax or it's a conspiracy or it's just the coal, common cold and and um, so that's the mindset that this is coming from
0: all right carolyn well thanks for joining us again i appreciate it
1: thank you it's been a pleasure
0: thanks to my guest today staff writer carolyn saeed to king kaufman for producing this episode and thank you for listening